Hello everyone, and welcome to the Progressive Worship Podcast from SacredEyes.com, where we explore and work with all the ways that our worship shapes and defines our lives. My name is John, and today I want to talk about pleasure and ecstasy. Many forms of spirituality have an uncomfortable relationship with pleasure, but today I'll explore the relationship between pleasure and spirituality, and why pleasure is an essential facet of a healthy and spiritual life. If you find this conversation meaningful, then please like and share it. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to go deeper with these ideas, then check out the Sacred Eyes Patreon page where you can access the full version of this post and also receive bonus content and exclusive discounts on premium Sacred Eyes resources. Thank you so much. Many years ago, I watched the movie The Name of the Rose, starring Sean Connery. He plays a monk who goes to a conference at a, a monastery in medieval Europe, and then murders start to happen. And what is discovered at the end of the movie is that one of the monks had put poison on the pages of a book that caused the monks to laugh. It was a book of humor and jokes, and this monk believed that laughter was evil, and so was poisoning the pages of the book to stop the monks from spreading the news of all of this laughter-inducing literature in their monastery. That movie touched me quite deeply because it reflected my experience that so many religious paths treat pleasure with suspicion or even judgment. I remember as I grew up in my faith, whenever I wanted to do something, people would say, is it what you want or is it what God wants? And the implication was that if I wanted something, it couldn't be what God wanted for me. If something brought me joy, by definition, it had to be wrong. Well, certainly that's the impression I got. A few weeks ago, I saw a wonderful cartoon by David Hayward, who's known online as the Naked Pastor. And the cartoon had a couple lying in bed together, reading a book about how to enhance their sexual pleasure together. And Jesus was sitting on the bed looking at them and saying to them, Did not my apostle Paul say somewhere, Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh? It was such a great reflection of how spirituality can often be used to rob us of pleasure and joy. And when that happens, the result is an ascetic faith, a faith that is cold, dry, lifeless, and destructive. I'm reminded of the way faith is portrayed in the TV series, The Handmaid's Tale. But of course, sometimes we go the other way. We see faith as a kind of spiritual hedonism. We focus on worship that's all about feeling good, that is a drug that gives us a weekly high. We view our faith as being about God making us happy and healthy and wealthy. Both of those extremes are problematic. Now, we know that ecstasy and pleasure can be destructive, they can be addictive, they can be escapist, but they don't have to be. When we embrace pleasure in a healthy way, it's life-giving. Many spiritual movements in history began from an ecstatic experience. This Sunday, we'll be celebrating the day of Pentecost. 
And Pentecost itself was an ecstatic experience that gave birth to the church. We know about Teresa of Avila's ecstasy, John Wesley's heart that was strangely warmed, or in the Pentecostal movement, the Azusa Street Revival. And there are so many more of these ecstatic experiences in history that led to some kind of revival, some new spiritual movement, some new spiritual life in the community of faith. And so ecstasy and pleasure can be incredibly life-giving and healthy. And we also know that denying pleasure and embracing rigid asceticism can be destructive. But that can also be life-giving. Fasting can be a profound discipline. Simplicity can help us to enjoy what we have far more because we're not just constantly accumulating more stuff. Even celibacy can be good if practiced in a healthy way. The key, as with all things human, is to enter our experiences of pleasure and ecstasy with mindfulness, reflection, and openness. Now, why would we include the intentional pursuit of pleasure and ecstasy in our spiritual journey? And for the record, when I'm talking about pleasure here, I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure. Our capacity for pleasure and ecstasy is far bigger than just what happens with our genitals. We know from science, from medical research, that pleasure can enhance our lives. It reduces stress. It improves our mental health. It enhances our immune function. Pleasure can bring relief from pain. It can help our cardiovascular health. It can lead to a better quality of sleep. And generally, it can help us just to feel more satisfied in our lives. I could spend a lot of time speaking about each one of those things. But this is just a quick reflection of the way pleasure makes our lives better. And many of these benefits align with the benefits that we seek through spiritual practice. And so spirituality and ecstasy are not mutually exclusive. They, they work together really well. Which raises the question, how then do we tap into the benefits of pleasure? Well, here are some suggestions. We can begin by finding our balance between addictive obsession with pleasure and rejecting pleasure outright. Now, that balance is different for all people, and we want to avoid the extremes on either side. But when we can mix healthy amounts of ecstasy with a healthy, let's call it denial of pleasure or asceticism, that mixture can become a powerful spiritual practice for us. It can help us to enhance our pleasure to the maximum without it becoming destructive or addictive, but also be mindful about it by not just diving into pleasure thoughtlessly all the time. So let's find our balance. Then we can tap into the benefits of pleasure by being present to the pleasure we experience, to enter our pleasurable experiences with mindfulness. Mindfulness enhances all pleasures. It can even make pleasure feel transcendent. And practicing mindfulness generally empowers us to be more present to all of life's pleasures. Then we can identify and nurture what brings us joy. Because when we know what brings us joy and we, we care for it, we nurture it, we bring it into our lives, that is going to enhance not just our experience of pleasure, but the quality of our lives. 
The opposite of that, and this is also an important strategy, is to set boundaries against what is unhealthy or what undermines our healthy pleasure. We also need to work on healthy relationships because pleasure is always better when it's shared. And finally, we can be more intentional and deliberate about seeking out legitimate and healthy experiences of ecstasy and pleasure. Now, how does this relate to our worship? This is the Progressive Worship Podcast, after all. Well, boring worship is not automatically more spiritual. And inspiring worship that makes us feel good isn't automatically less spiritual. The truth is, worship that entertains, and and the word entertain simply means to hold our attention, will always be more transforming than that which bores us to tears or that we struggle to stay present to. And so the key is to avoid worship that is shallow or dry and to work on worship that is deep and inspiring. And that, of course, is what Sacred Eyes is all about. So how do we make our worship pleasurable, even ecstatic, and deep and transforming? Well, in the full Patreon version of this post, I explore how we can experience pleasure in worship through preaching, through prayer, through the way we use our rituals and liturgies, and through our music. So if you want to go deeper and have a more practical engagement with these ideas, check out the Sacred Eyes Patreon page. I've always been amazed when I've seen how people who are suffering can be so deliberate about finding pleasure in their pain. We need pleasure to live well. And if we're going to make any kind of positive difference in our world, then it's our pleasure that will empower us to do that. That's why I believe the pursuit of pleasure is a noble and empowering endeavor. Pleasure is not evil, but it's also not everything. We need pleasure, we need ecstasy, but too much of it can hurt us. But we also need to avoid reducing spiritual practice to a kind of sanctified hedonism, walking that line between denying pleasure and rejecting it and embracing it as the be-all and end-all of everything. Let's embrace pleasure mindfully, reflectively, healthily, and worshipfully. So what can you do to be more intentional about embracing pleasure in your life? How can you bring more of what gives you joy into your life? What can you do to use pleasure to empower you in your faith and in your your quest to love others as Christ loves us? I invite you to reflect on those questions in the week ahead. But that's all I have for now. Thank you for giving me your time and attention. And remember, how you worship defines how you live. I'll catch you next time.